Welcome to CX Diaries. CX Diaries from the Customer Experience Foundation is our podcast where we talk to the people at the sharp end of CX and contact centers, the movers and the shakers, the innovators, the disruptors, and the people delivering in the real world who share their stories of their personal journey through our industry. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Bogdan Maxak, who's co-founder, CEO, and CTO of Digital Genius. And Bogdan, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. That's quite a lot of job titles. Hi, thank you for having me today. Uh, yeah, indeed. Um, I've started as a CTO at Digital Genius and then gradually moved up to be a CEO. And, you know, like in any startup, you're wearing so many hats. So I could easily expand that with five other titles. And that would probably represent only 80% of what I do. Right. Okay. So give us an overview of the, the, the Digital Genius solution and how it specifically benefits um, e-commerce businesses, et cetera. Yeah, so essentially at Digital Genius, we have a platform where we have conversational, generative, visual AI, but powered by very deep integrations for e-commerce. So what that means for an end consumer, if you have placed an order online, and let's say the order is delayed, and you reach out to customer service over any channel, whether that's voice or social media or chat, our AI will understand what you're talking about and will actually see what's going on with that particular order, will perform some actions like expedite the shipping, give you the new estimate delivery date, make sure you've got all the information uh, that you need or we perform any actions to resolve your problem. For the brands, that means you know whenever they have a peak in customer service volume that often happens in e-commerce with Christmas, Valentine's, any other sales they do, or if you're a very fast growing business, you no longer need to have that massive headache of bringing stuff, temporary stuff on board, training them, and then laying them off at the end of that peak. Um, You now can just essentially automate over half of your customer service using AI. Uh, so what are some of the common challenges that you see e-commerce businesses have when it comes to customer support and how your solution supports them with that? I mean, I think the number three use cases are, you know, where is my order? Where is my refund? How do I return? Or maybe some product quality issues. Yeah, And a lot of businesses invest into so many other tools, like having a tracking link, having some proactive communication. And they think, yeah, this will help resolve like those problems, they'll go away. And guess what? They don't. Uh, usually there's always something going wrong, whether that's a carrier problem where something doesn't get delivered on time or doesn't get delivered at all, whether it's something on the customer side or a warehouse blows up with too many orders, things are continuously going wrong and that leads to customers reaching out about one of those topics. Um, and yeah, that creates massive headache for the customer service manager on how do you handle that peak? How do you handle that? 
the common answer is, you know, you would go out and look for additional team members, but you can't scale that quickly. You can't train someone overnight. You can't project that financially. Um, and then, you know, you don't always get the best people. You know, I've heard from some of our customers when they prepare for the peak and half of the temporary staff they get at the end of it don't even make it because, you know, either they're not good or they quit. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. Uh, so let's just unpack that a bit more. So you touched on Wismos, refund, returns. They are the big, big contact drivers for, for many e-commerce businesses. Could you perhaps give us some real-world examples or case study of of an e-commerce businesses that have seen some good improvements from from putting in your solution? Yeah, we have a range from purely e-commerce. The e-commerce have businesses like marketplaces. Um, examples being like on um, my Teresa uh, to retailers like Holland to Barrett. Um, they have pretty much similar problems, but you know, depending on how far they are on our journey, you know, we resolve between like thirty percent to seventy percent of all their customer service volume, um, and that's just on the customer service side of things. Um, there are also use cases in free sales where customers reach out because they are looking for some advice on what product to buy or some of the characteristics of those products. And that totally opens up like a different area of op optimizing for conversions so that, you know, whenever they have visitors on the store, you know, they're more likely to buy. We've seen some very good results there too. So what sort of data and information does your solution analyze and look at to provide accurate and efficient customer support? Well, I think that's a really key question because with any AI or with any even human being, they're only going to be as good as the tools you give them. If you don't empower it, you know, it's going to be pretty useless. And, and this is at the core of what Digital Genius is all about. You know, we've been doing this for over 10 years now, and we very quickly learned that AI on its own is only going to be um, that helpful if you don't provide it enough of integrations so it can actually perform a refund or cancel an order or start an investigation with the carrier. If you don't provide it those tools, you know, yeah, it can answer some FAQ questions. It can maybe lead you to some self-service tools. But that is not the experience that makes customers be like, wow, I want to buy again from this business. Yeah. Uh, therefore, we've built the platform powered by those deep integrations. So you as a brand, you can easily enable those types of actions uh, for your AI. Um, it, nobody likes doing integrations for everyone that's like an area that rather like avoid. We know it's it's not easy to get resources for that. It's not easy for customer service team to advocate that this is a high priority. So therefore, what we've done is we've pre-built a lot of those integrations. So you as a customer service manager, you don't need to get any development resources from your IT team. It's already everything pre-built for you. Um, and that's the key here. That's what makes a huge difference between in a chatbot that you interact with and it's like a common bad chatbot experience to a chatbot that is like, wow, my problem solved. 
for some use cases, we are able to provide better responses than the customer service agents because we have that data, because we have those integrations. And it's not so easy for customer service agents to quickly analyze lots of data or to perform all those actions like on the carriers, for example. Um, therefore, we are moving, you know, we are moving from uh, having chatbots that are, you know, first of all, like customers hate, or secondly, only getting as good as human, we actually get into chatbots that could be the next generation of experience that's even better than the customer service agents provide today. Yeah, and, and I'd imagine that it's not just speed, but it's the accuracy as well that's important, that, 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 that's improving on the human doing it. Yeah, I mean, the accuracy, it comes uh, in, in two directions, right? First of all, is AI being accurate about understanding what the question is about or AI being accurate in the response that it generates when it comes to generative AI? We've all seen those examples of generative AI hallucinations and uh, it is a problem still within the AI community. Uh, but that's again where... Um, uh, vertical oriented solution like ours because we're focused on e-commerce is a lot more powerful because we already put a lot more safeguards knowing what type of things can go wrong in the e-commerce domain, what kind of hallucinations AI can produce in e-commerce domain, and we've already protected against that. So that type of accuracy is very much manageable. It's on the AI side. But when you look at, again, the quality of things, which is tangent to accuracy, the second part of it, again, the deep integrations is super key here because you want the AI that can provide you the information you're looking for. It might be accurate. Like if the AI tells me, yeah, my order is still being processed, that's accurate information. But I mean, that doesn't really help me as a consumer. Sure. Like, I mean, you just told me, yeah, there's just more delays, but... All I really care about is, will it arrive on time? Maybe I've ordered that as a gift for someone. Maybe I'm going on a trip sometime soon. So I don't, you know, I don't want just accurate information. I want information that really you know, resolves my problem or addresses my ultimate goal here. And again, deep integrations into the warehouse systems, into the carriers is, is the key here to get there. And that's something we learned and early in our journey, and we've built a whole platform around that insight. Amazing. Um, security and privacy are important considerations for many e-commerce businesses. Um, how does your solution ensure the protection of customer data and other sensitive information? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, there's there's obviously the question about the generative models are they going to you know, release some private information and information they were trained on? You know, in our domain, the way we use that is, is slightly different. Like We do not train generative models on any past historical conversations. Therefore, it will never spit out somebody else's details from some training data it was trained on. Uh, we have a slightly different approach. We use generative models from the big providers like Google, like OpenAI, uh, to fine tune and to make the responses that we generate more personalized, but it's never trained on like the brand's historical data when it comes to generation. So there's never that case of, yeah, some, some historical data coming out. 
um, and obviously, like all the integrations and everything else comes with a um, high degree of you know, security policies and you know security standards. Um, I would I would say in our domain, in our use case, it's it's not so much of an issue. Uh, again, because of the fundamental design of the system. Okay. Um, so what sort of feedback do you get from the, the e-commerce businesses that have adopted your solution? How's it helping them improve their customer service, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, first of all, like we are massively releasing the workload. So, you know, we are automating sometimes more than all of the customer service agents combined. Yeah. And it's a huge relief for, you know, the team It's huge relief for the management that they can plan ahead. But, but secondly, you know, we're seeing uh, also increase on the customer loyalty where, you know, when we can deliver those really good personalized responses addressing the problem, those customers are more likely to come back and, and buy again. Um, so it's, it's not just about the um, efficiency gains. Um, it's also about providing the experience that makes our customers or our end customers come back and buy from this brand again yeah. because of great experience. And, and, and taking that further, in, in what ways does this sort of solution assist an e-commerce business in personalizing customer interactions, delivering a more tailored shopping experience? How does this all help? Yeah, so I would say there are two key kind of use cases. Number one is pre-sales. So I'm an end customer. I'm maybe going to run for a marathon. And so I'm browsing for some shoes, for some trainers. Um, and I'm not sure which ones would be the best fit for me in terms of my goals. Um, so our AI takes all the product catalog, uh, and then it's trained by the product experts who really know all the key attributes of different products and what are the important factors when it comes to different decisions. And then from there, is able to have a conversational, fully conversational interaction with you to ask you some more questions like, you know, where are you going to be running? Where are you going to be training? Um, and then ask you about like your preferences on the fit and the cushioning and things like this, and then recommend a very personalized a product to you. Um, so that's on the pre-sale side of things. And on the post-purchase side of things, you know, it's all about um, A, being proactive. So we don't want to wait until a customer reports a problem. Like I had an outage of my Wi-Fi uh, over the weekend and I wasn't sure what was going on. You know, have I not paid my bill? Is it something on my phone? Is it the problem with my provider? Now, two minutes later, I get a text message saying, we are sorry, there is like some problem in your area. We'll keep you posted. And half an hour later, I got a text message. It's fixed now. Like, that's the experience I want as a consumer for anything I interact with. Now, we're delivering the same proactive customer service experience for e-commerce. Uh, if, if we see that you've returned something, like we tell you once it's delivered, we might initiate the refund even sooner. We proactively tell you if something's been canceled, if something's out of stock, if it's delayed, if the carrier lost it somewhere, we are continuously trying to be on top of things before you even notice the problem. And then if you do notice the problem and reach out, you know, through those deep integrations, we fully resolve it. If I need to return something, um, I'm not gonna be just pointed to some return portal. Actually, like our AI will generate the return label right there for you. 
especially on mobile where majority of the traffic is today, like I think the switching between millions of tabs and losing the conversations and then going back and forth, copying different order numbers between different tools, like in that conversation, just give me what I need to do. Give me that return label if, if I need that to send it back or give me that QR code. And that's what we're delivering because of those deep integrations with the whole e-commerce ecosystem. Now we have hundreds of integrations from the carriers to the e-commerce platforms, payment providers, so that you know the, the customer just in the chat doesn't need to leave the chat. In the chat, their full problems resolved. If I get um, an order that's um, is stuck somewhere by the carrier, you know the tracking page will still say it's in transit, which is a very common kind of misleading problem that leads to people coming and asking what's going on. Now, we're not going to tell the customers, yes, it's still in transit and keep them like waiting. Uh, we can see on the carrier with all our integrations that it's stuck somewhere, it's not moving anymore, and tell the customer, yeah, indeed it is stuck. Behind the scenes, we launch an investigation with the carrier, so the agents don't need to do that. And then we just offer the customer, do you want a refund or replacement? And all they have is to choose, and then we perform the refund straight away. So again, they don't have to leave that chat. All of that problem is resolved right there because of those integrations. Um, and that's why yeah, we can provide like the best experience when it comes to AI in the context of customer service. Um, what about the scalability of this sort of solution? Um, how well do you accommodate the needs of e-commerce businesses as they grow? Uh, well, it's it's generally quite uh, naturally right scalable. Obviously, like you know, as you're growing from maybe serving just one market to serving like you know twenty different markets, there are more integrations that are involved because of our deep integrations approach. But because they're continuously something that we developed, we continuously like just roll it out for everyone. You know, it is very naturally part of the journey. Now, again, if you look back at some of our customers who grew rapidly, like on being one of them, we started working with them when uh, they were, you know, relatively small. Now they're a multi-billion company, public listed company. A lot has changed between then, but the, the solution itself, you know, because it's AI and tech, you know, it's naturally super scalable. We just had to keep on adding more integrations with just more carriers in different markets or with some new warehouses and things like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's super scalable by its nature. Uh, and because of our approach that, you know, we don't come and charge for integrations, uh, you know, integrations is like the native building blocks of our platform. And this is what we embrace. So if you're allowed to other markets, you know, we'll just, we'll just release more carrier integrations into those markets for free. And so it's very easy for the brand to, to manage that. Um, and that's, again, the power of, you know, using AI to, to, to address this problem because it's super scalable like all the other tech. And what about time to implement? Uh, I know that's often a concern for any business, not to see commerce about the time it takes to implement any new platform. Um, how are you addressing that and supporting that? Um, well, again, because everything is pre-built. This is where focus you know, makes all the difference. Um, we have pre-built AI, we have pre-built integrations, connectors into everything. So in the, during COVID times, we went live for some retailers over the weekend. Like they signed on Friday, on Sunday, we were live because they were very desperately looking to 
China and all those automations they had, you know, huge problem. They were not ready for COVID type of volumes. So the platform is 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 super pre-built in all its components. Um, and you know, so therefore we can go live from a couple of days to a couple of weeks, depends on how fast the customer wants to go. Yeah. Amazing. Um, what are some of the uh KPIs or or other metrics that e-commerce businesses should be tracking and monitoring uh, and working against when using this sort of solution and how that helps them measure their impact on customer support and business success? What are some of the KPIs you recommend they they look at? Yeah, I mean, I think the KPIs that they already look at are things like average handling time of a customer service case, uh, CSAT of those interactions, First response time is, is another one, but I don't think first response time is super representative because you can give them a first response, but that first response doesn't really resolve someone's problem. Like, I mean, is it really that useful? Is it really the KPI you should focus on? So I think first response time is, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of important, but I think the resolution one is way more important. Right. Um, but when it comes to then AI, how AI plays into this, Obviously, like we accelerate that first response time by like 95% because the AI is going to reply like super fast immediately. We accelerate the uh, resolution time or case handling time. Uh, and, and then CSAT, you know, in some of the use cases where we can provide those super deep integrations, you know, we can even outperform the agents. In some of the uh, use cases where essentially we're given same information, it will be roughly the same CSAT as they already get. Um, and uh, nonetheless, the proactive piece is, is where you can help to look at, you know, things like deflection or things like cases to orders ratio. You, know? yeah. um, you, you want to optimize how you're already handling the customer service today, but Ideally, right, you don't want to have people to reach out to you to begin with because everything is just smooth for them. And that's where being proactive, if it doesn't resolve in the case, can reduce that, you know, cases to this ratio. So that KPI, and I think is is crucial. Not that many companies are looking at that uh, as, as a key metric, but I mean, this is how you scale, you know, if you want to grow super fast. Uh, ultimately, to estimate your costs, you need to be on top of that, you know, cases to orders ratio. Um, and, and then there is the pre-sale side of things, which is obviously to do with, with conversions. And um, last point, which I think everyone is struggling with, um, is, is to understand the impact of great customer service on lifetime value. Uh, it's not a straightforward one, uh, but ultimately a customer service department, like if, if they can prove that they're not there just to handle problems, but they're actually there to increase lifetime value of the customers, um, they'll, be, they'll be viewed as a different team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's the future? Uh, what are the developments and features um, that you are planning to bring to the solution and the benefit these e-commerce businesses what's what's coming up next i mean I, I think first of all from the consumer point of view people will be buying more and more online if you think of like cinemas right like back in the day people would only watch movies in the cinema now we only go to the cinema as a special occasion 
um, because we have amazing like Netflix and uh, Prime and, and TVs, everything at home is so well positioned. Similarly, I think in the future, consumers will only be going to stores on some special occasions. Um, everything will be so seamless to get things online and return them and try them that like you wouldn't want to waste your time on going to a shop. Um, that would be the change in the consumer experience. The AI will also be getting only better. You know, we might have another breakthrough, like we had the breakthrough with ChatGPT. Um, it seems like to happen at least like once every 10 years now, maybe accelerated. So AI will obviously be as good like as you know we saw in the movies. I'm not talking about Matrix. I don't think I don't think anytime soon we're gonna be having a problem where we are taking over the world. But, you know, the imaginable best experience where you can just talk to the AI and can fully understand you and resolve everything for you. I think that's coming in the future and not very distant. Uh, so I think um, that's going to be the custom experience that's going to be tech. And then, you know, from the brand's perspective, I think the best brands will be the ones who embrace it and provide that kind of experience soon. And I think most majority will is just the question of, we will be first to get there. Amazing. And, and, and finally, Bogdan, what advice would you give to uh, an e-commerce business that doesn't have this, that's perhaps considering the adoption of an AI ticketing solution to improve their customer support processes for the first time? What advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I think generally um, we see that, you know, those who are thinking big picture, those who are ready to make, you know, decisions, uh, that are transformative uh, in other ones who you know get amazing results. Um, and, and often you might get stuck in a in a mentality of incremental improvements where you spend a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of money without really moving the needle too much. Whereas when you do zoom out and you look at the bigger picture, like how can I actually get transformative results here and make some bold decisions? Is, is when you win, is when you achieve mega success. So I would recommend yeah. zooming out from that and looking not at incremental improvements, but looking at the bigger picture, how to get there fast. Amazing. And Bogdan, it's been fascinating to have you with us today. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed listening to this uh, transformation story that you're able to deliver for both organizations and their customers. Hope our listeners have found this as insightful as I have. Uh, you can find out lots more about Customer Experience Foundation at cxo.org. We hope you can join us next time on CX Diaries. Thank you, Keith.